Good morning, City Lights. It's great to be with you again. Uh, we're carrying on the series called Future Church, and I've got a little subtitle underneath that. It's Follow Me. And it's really simple about what it means to follow Jesus in these times. And we, we call it Future Church because it's a little bit uncertain of what the future church is going to look like. But we can go back to Scripture, we can, get, we can go back to God's Word, and we can begin to see what is the blueprint of what He's called us to be. And I think it's simply this. God has called us to be resilient followers of Jesus. We can't be on the sidelines anymore. We can't just attend church. We can't just uh, play church in, in a sense. We are, we are all in. And uh, we are obviously trusting that we can get back together as, as soon as possible, but we are following guidelines that are happening across the city. Tonight is, an, is going to be an incredible worship night. It's going to be streamed online. I'd, I'd encourage you to tune in, but it's going to be a powerful time of us exalting Jesus together. And I've just been thinking about COVID, and I, I heard a sermon the other day, and this guy was just saying that COVID has come to steal two things. It's come to steal your passion and your purpose. And, um, and honestly, it's been a season of inward looking, uh, looking at ourselves. And I, I'd, I'd really felt just in, in terms of what I want to preach today is just for us to look up, to look at the vision that Jesus had and to get our hearts and our minds on his vision and his mission. For those of you who have kids, now our little Rocco and Raya are almost one year old. Can you believe it? Some of you have not seen them in six months. They have grown rapidly. Raya's got a little mouthful of teeth. Rocco's got one tooth, little, two little teeth at the bottom. I've got marks all over my body of him just biting me. So I'm going to have to probably teach him how to stop biting before he gets to kindergarten. But for now, it's fun. I don't mind being bitten. But what they do, well, not they do, we put on the TV because there are long days when you have, when you have babies, as you know, and small kids. And the TV entertains them for a while. But we've, we are, my, my wife, Starla, we are going crazy listening to stuff like Little Baby Bump, Peppa Pig. And, uh, and I was like, this is going to be, whenever that comes on, once COVID's done, and even once we're out of the summer period of Dubai where we can actually go outside, I do not want to switch that TV on. And it, it kind of causes you to just be, whenever that comes on, I'm like, ah, oh, this is the season we're in. We're in the season of, of listening to kids' TV. But my heart this morning is really for us to just lift our eyes. Lift our eyes out of our situation, our pain, whatever we've been walking through in the past weeks, months, uh, and some of you have lost jobs, some of you are going through incredible uh, tough moments, some of you have lost family members uh, to, to COVID, and it's just, it's, we, we're living in a crazy time. But I'm saying, we, we, even in this moment, we can lift our eyes to Jesus in heaven. So I want, to read, I want to start by reading Revelation 4, then I'm going to talk about how Jesus called his followers. So Revelation 4 verse 1, is, uh, I think verse 2, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. The door is only open because of Jesus. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me, like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. Have you ever thought of a voice and a trumpet? But anyway, that's beside the point. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And that someone we know is, is Jesus. And the one who sat had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald and circled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 thrones and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. There used to be a song like that, I think. Uh, in front of the throne, there were seven lamps blazing. 
And these are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, as clear as crystal. And it goes on later and it says, These 24 elders would lay down their crowns all the time. And they'd say, You are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. And so often in these moments of uh, introspection, inward looking, we forget who God is. God is so close to us. Jesus came, uh, I think it says in John, um, John 1 in the message version, is that Jesus moved into the neighborhood. Jesus came close. He revealed God the Father. But sometimes there's this, there can be almost an, uh, not a, a, a sense of over-familiarity of who God is, that, that He is this God who is seated on the throne, that 24 elders are just bowing down to him all the time. There's these creatures with eyes on the front and the back that was like an ox, that was like a lion, and they're all just bowing down and they're worshiping the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I want to say, can, can we in this moment of, of COVID, and hopefully it's coming to an end soon, I thought it was going to end after two months, but anyway, we all have definitely been 100% wrong in that. Let's lift our eyes. Psalm 121 says that I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Can we take a moment, even in your lounge now, just lift your eyes. If you're looking on your iPad, lift your eyes. If you're looking on your phone, lift your eyes to heaven and just begin to imagine this, that there is God who is seated on his throne, that no matter what you're walking through or have walked through in the past while, God is on his throne and is in control. And we don't have to, and it, hopefully it brings a sense of, I don't have to worry about so many things because God has a plan and he's working out his plan. So there's, there's my intro in terms of where I'm going to get to today. And there's, there's an amazing thing that Jesus comes to earth and he comes in the form of a, of a man and he comes and he, and, he, and he lives amongst people. He lives in a poor village to poor parents and he starts his ministry at, at about 30 years old. And the first thing he says in Matthew 14, sorry, Matthew 4 verse 17, it says, From that time Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near, or has come close. It's, it's within reach. People have been waiting for this moment. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Jesus says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I, will, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left the nets and they followed him. So I've got three simple points. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And we started with looking at the, the greatness and the grandness of who God is, but he brings it down to earth and he brings it down to our living rooms and he brings it to the time of COVID that God knew was going to happen. And he's saying, my, my mission still hasn't changed. I still want to have millions upon billions upon billions bowing down to my, to, in heaven and, and worshiping me and, and living in this place of God's glory. But it starts here. It starts with the simple calling of Jesus. So we've got... In uh, point one, number one is follow me. But before Jesus even calls his disciples, and it says here that he, that he called, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, just he calls a family to, to follow him. These are fishermen. The first words Jesus says is repent for the kingdom of heaven is near or it's at hand. And we have, we have to remember that 
that that entrance into into following Jesus and not just following him, but it's not just a once-off event. Is is this thing called repentance? And I, I shamelessly stole this from a church in New York. And Jesus' words was, "Repent, for the kingdom of God is near." What does repentance mean? It's not a once-off event. It's a gift from God in walking with Him. And uh, this guy just wrote down three things. He says, it's, "Repentance is return." And if we look what that is, that is Luke 15, the, the, the prodigal son, it says that he came to himself. It's David when he realized what he had done and he comes and he just returns to the father. In the old days, they, they'd do sackcloth and ashes, they'd bow to their knees, but they'd say, God, I've messed up, I've, 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 I've walked away, but now I'm coming back to the Father. And if you have never given your life to Jesus, this is a moment for you to say, God, I'm coming to you. I don't understand everything, but I'm coming to you. So you return to the Father. The next thing is we remove. And uh, one of the things they wrote is what we tolerate will determine the quality of our lives. And we need to remove idols from our lives. We need to remove things, uh, addictions. We need to remove these things because that's part of us returning to Jesus. Otherwise, we're going to keep going back to that thing. And then finally, it's to rebuild. And that is the fruit of repentance. It's to replace the, the idols and the stuff that was causing us to go down certain paths to be, be replaced with the love of Jesus, but new, new habits, new ways of following him. And we know that when Jesus calls us, it's not based on our good works. It's simply through believing in him. And there was an old song, what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And it's only the, the entrance way is only ever through faith in Jesus Christ and faith in, in his blood. And what, it, what that means is that his blood washes us clean, makes us guilt-free. We can stand before our God in heaven because of what he's done for us. Jesus had a high standard of what it meant to follow him. And I was talking to Ryan and Bruce a little bit before and I was like, you have these moments and it's, and it's convicting because... I look at my life and I'm like, God, is my life fully reflecting your word? And I think that's why the word is, is this mirror. It's this thing we keep going back to. It's the thing that we keep readjusting our lives, that we never outgrow that. You never get to a place of maturity in God where the word of God is irrelevant. It's always relevant. So you come back and Jesus sets a high standard in terms of following him. And it's uh, Luke 9.23. It says, Then he said to them all, If anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That means I lay aside my stuff, my dreams in a sense, and because God always has greater dreams than we can ever imagine. He's got greater stuff for all of us. And we lay these things aside, and it says, take up the cross daily and follow me. And that's, if you look at most commentaries, it's just saying, I'm willing to suffer for Jesus. And, uh, and I think sometimes in modern Christianity, we can... It, it can be painted as this picture, come to Jesus and everything will be jolly. And I can tell you that sometimes the opposite is true. Sometimes when you follow Jesus and you go talk to persecuted churches, it's, their life gets a whole lot harder, but they find joy and peace from a place that only Jesus can give them. Luke 9 verse 62. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God. Galatians 2.20, this is what Paul writes. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in my body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. 
final scripture on what Jesus, he was sitting around with his disciples in Matthew 18. And there were just, there was a, a child that come to them and they kind of pushed the child away. And, and, it, and Jesus used that at a moment to teach them. And he says, he says this in Matthew 18, he says, change and become like, if you don't change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And what Jesus was saying there is that once we learn to die to self, we can fully live for him. We can, if we come to, to him in a place of humility, in a place of Jesus, this is not about me. This is about you and your glory. And I remember going on, on youth camps and we used to sing songs about that. We used to, like, God, it's your glory. And then life can get hold of you and, you know, and pride gets in your heart. And there's just these, these things. But I want to say, can we come back to the simplicity of following Jesus, that it's all in? We cannot, like I said in the beginning, we cannot sit on the sidelines anymore. We cannot play church. There's a, a scary scripture in Revelations 3 that says that if, uh, he says, you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either. I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. And that's, that's a very crazy scripture. It's like God is wanting us to, to have our hearts pinned towards him, leaning towards him, just focused on him. And uh, we all are not perfect. And that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, is your heart after me? My purposes, my will. There's enough in here we can see from, from Scripture that we can start to live within His will. I do not want to be lukewarm. And I, at times, we probably all have been. But we have to, it even says, repent. Turn around. Turn towards Him and come back. The second point is that I will make you. And Jesus takes us on a journey. We are, you don't, when you get saved, you don't all of a sudden just become this perfect human being. Um, as we all know that Jesus slowly just begins to chop away. John 15, it says that he cuts off the branches in our lives that, that aren't bearing fruit. And, and he, he kind of shapes us and he, and he molds us. And sometimes being pruned and cut and discipline and all of these things are tough. But God is committed to us becoming more like his son, Jesus. And uh, there's a, a thing that we've taught in City Light, and again, I've borrowed it from, from other churches, is that we learn to be with Jesus, we become like Jesus, and we do what Jesus did. Now, how do we do this? Simply, I'd say it first of all starts from the Word of God daily shaping you. And uh, it's something that I've said so many times in, in City Lights and so many times all over the years, but get the Word of God inside of you. Whatever you have to do, we don't have any excuse. You can get Bibles, you can have it on your phone, listen to it. Whatever you need to do, get the Word of God inside of you. Not only that, listen to sermons. Um, there's so many podcasts, there's commentaries that are free online. Get to know what the Word of God, not just my little popcorn scriptures. And I think the, the weakness, uh, we can step into a place of weakness if we just have little popcorn scriptures that we can just stick somewhere and we don't know the whole context. We need to know the whole counsel of God. Daily disciplines, and uh, these are are not easy, but and sometimes they say do feel dry. But sometimes God just steps in and does some incredible stuff in these moments. But it's daily disciplines. I've been doing a thing of late, uh, just daily confessions, and just literally taking scripture and taking what God says about who He's made me to be, and I just confess it. And I, because you can wake up in the morning, and I, some of you, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but you can kind of feel heavy, especially in COVID. It can be quite introspective. But as you begin to just read Scripture aloud, it begins to change your spirit from the inside out. Take communion by yourself, with family, with friends. Take, take a moment where you're just celebrating what God has done on the cross. I've been doing it for 
past week or so, but just every evening, just having communion, breaking bread, uh, praying over the church, praying over our family, praying over star, praying over, over, over just a myriad of different things, but just remembering what Jesus has done for us. The next thing is keeping in step with the Spirit. And that's listening to His voice and learning to hear the, the voice of God, uh, being empowered by the Spirit. And I think that's possibly an area that I feel like has been lost over COVID. Uh, we are in our homes and we, we need to learn how to connect, so to speak, and to plug into God's presence and, and have moments of getting His perspective and hearing His voice and His peace, because it will always bring peace to whatever situation you're walking through. God's presence will bring peace. But I'm longing for these for Friday meetings and whatever we need to do to have these moments of, of God just we, we lifting up the name of Jesus and something happens at a corporate level. But I want to encourage you, just learn to, to push into God at home. Just speak to God. Say, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill my heart? Would you come and fill me this morning? Would I, would I listen to your voice? Be silent, be quiet before Him. There's also, how do we change the, the God working in and through our life, our circumstances, and often pain? And uh, there was someone who was preached a while ago, but they said, don't waste your pain. That, that, that there's moments where we go through deep, dark valleys, but God wants us to, to press into Him and find the manner. And if you look at the Israelite people that were coming out of Egypt to the promised land, it was in the promised land that they actually found the manner that they found this supernatural provision of God. And these are moments where we can find incredible, incredible joy if we're learning how to just use our pain well and endurance. We've been watching the world's toughest race. I think it was 66 teams. Bear Grylls set this thing up. And it's people who are like crazy adventure racers to people who are in their 60s, 70s, and they're, they're on this incredible race. But so there was this moment where I think they traveled 16 hours rowing a boat they get to an island and they don't have any time to sleep. They have to get straight onto an SUP and then SUP for another six hours. And that's just endurance. And I, I mean, on a probably a very like lighter level, maybe COVID's been that for you. It's just a time of enduring. It's a time of pushing through. But God does, can do some incredible stuff in our hearts if we let him in those moments. The world, and from that, the world and the church needs resilient disciples. We need people who are just strong in God. And I was just thinking about Peter. And God, Jesus was obviously preparing Peter to take over uh, kind of the work. He was kind of the first leader that stood up in Acts. But he had some crazy moments with Jesus. And there was this moment where he was going up to him and Jesus was saying, listen, I'm going to the cross. This is my destiny. I'm going to go die for the sins of the world. And Peter pulled Jesus aside and rebuked him. Jesus' response to him was, get behind me, Satan. Imagine God saying, get behind me, Satan. God calling you Satan. And what Jesus was doing was, he, he's even called the rock of offense. I think Peter, Peter even writes about it in his, in his epistle. And it says, Jesus is the rock of offense. He, he offends you because he brings, he brings alignment and he brings truth. And, he, and I think we live in an oversensitive world. We know that, I mean, I've been on Facebook. I remember a couple of years ago, wrote something. And then there was just this like rapid fire of everyone being oversensitive about it. I ended up deleting the post. It's like, oh, wow, you can't say anything these days. And I think we, in amongst all of this, we need to be strong, resilient disciples who can push forward in tough times. Okay, then finally, God wants us to be fishers of men. Jesus' first words to his disciples 
I'm calling you to be a fisher of men. His last words to his disciples, just before he ascends into heaven, he says, Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, in this moment that he is interacting, he, he changes their vocation in a moment. He, he, he walks up to them, and in many ways they were rejected from the religious society of the day. It's why they went back into their father's trade. They didn't make it quite in the, in the Jewish rabbinical system. And they were, they, were, they, were, they were fishing, and they were mending their nets, and, and Jesus comes and says, follow me. And it says they dropped everything and followed him. And I want to encourage some of you who've had pay cuts, who've lost jobs in times of COVID, maybe this is a moment where God is saying, he's standing by your boat, your, your, the way you make money, and he's saying, I want to actually change my vocation, your vocation. He wants, to, he wants to change the direction that he has for you. Maybe he's calling you to something different. Maybe he's calling you to, to, to a charity, to, to go help in church plants, whatever it is, to go and, and see the kingdom of God advanced in and through your life. Be ready for that. So, God's plan is always for us to have purpose and passion in Him. And it started with that. And it's going to start as we look up to Him, as we surrender Him, surrender to Him, and as we follow Him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for Your Word that changes us, that molds us, that makes us more like You. And I really do pray, Father, just for a sense of Your presence in everyone's living room and wherever they're watching right now, Lord Jesus. That it will transcend all this media, Father, and it will just come and you would just come and bring comfort and peace and joy. But God, I just pray, Lord God, that if you are calling people to new things, I pray, Lord God, that you'd begin a stirring in people's hearts. We thank you, Jesus, that your, your word says that you're always going before us. I thank you for City Lights. I thank you for every single person that's part of this community. Would you bless them? Would you pour out your love on them? In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.